Bid adieu to chop. Law and order is a must. No peace without it. It is July 3rd, and uh, there's so much stuff going on, and I'm so thrilled to be an American. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene, and the left has decided that it's the 4th of July, it's Independence Day tomorrow. I'm doing this on a 3rd, you probably won't hear this until uh, Monday, but they've decided they're going to raise Cain in Idaho, where President Trump is now ready to make a speech at the the uh, at Mount the Mount Rushmore monument because the left seems to want to destroy everything and he's decided that you know what we're gonna even the New York Times said the Mount Rushmore monument needs to be destroyed needs to be blown up because one of two of the guys were slaveholders. One of the guys was a racist. I don't know. I, I, I don't even care. But this is the problem. Now you're going to destroy one of the seven man-made wonders of the world because, no, this is not a thing. So President Trump decided he's going to go and he's going to make a speech at Mount Rushmore for Independence Day. And now you've got these crazies that are actually trying to block people from showing up. Now, there's no social distancing. There is, uh, you're still getting tested, but it is an outdoor arena. So I'm not exactly sure why everyone is flipping out about COVID. And by the way, the news media flips about flips out about COVID on a daily basis, depending on what's happening. So, CHOP, there's no COVID. Um, riots, there's no COVID. Protests, there's no COVID. President Trump wants to help hold a speech, there's COVID. We got to worry about it. And I know COVID has gone up in states, and I think I've said this before. Right now, yes, COVID has gone up, which could be attributed to the opening of the country. It could be attributed to Donald Trump holding a stupid uh, rally, or it could be contributed to the riots that have been going around the country for the last month. We don't know where it's from, but I know one thing. COVID death rates are down. Now, listen to me here. COVID infections are up, but we also have to remember COVID testing is up. So, yeah, we're going to find more COVID patients. Not a big deal. COVID death rate is down. No one's talking about the death rate. The death rate is down. So, we open the economy. We start to open the economy. Of course, the leftists, the left, leftists want to close the economy again. I'm in California. I've got I've got my Barbie and Ken doll governor here, Gavin Newsom, that wants to close California again. No, California is not closing. California will, refuses to close. Uh, that idiot mayor, whose name I can never remember, 
in Los Angeles has decided, oh, I'm going to close all the beaches. Yeah, the Los Angeles Sheriff Department sat there and said, we're not arresting or finding anyone who's in the beach. We'll just recommend that these people social distance and things like that. So already there is a pushback against the left and what they want to do. Because here's the reality. COVID is, we it's probably not as deadly as we thought it was, which is what I thought four months ago when I was stuck in my home working. I've been going to work. I haven't, I've been wearing a mask when I'm dealing with other people out of respect for other people. But in my office, I'm not wearing a mask. When somebody wants to talk to me, I ask them, do you want me to wear a mask? They say, hey, here's a newsflash. They say, no. I take off my mask. I start talking to them. There is no panic with COVID in California. We're not worried. No one's worried about it. So it's stupid. This is going to be a long podcast tonight because I've got a just a ton to actually say. So I'm going to ease up on the news. Um, and there is some news, so I need to go over it. The City Hall Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ, or CHOP, or whatever they decided to call it. Um, they never really decided. Uh, they actually closed. It's done. It's over. It, and it took a threat to the mayor. The sympathetic... Excuse excuse me, the sympathetic mayor of Seattle to sit back and say, no, it's done, go away. Earlier this week, Black Lives Matter protesters, okay, rioters, stood in front of Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin's $7 million mansion, yelling, screaming, cussing, threatening. That was it. It had to end now that our overlords were threatened or being annoyed. The Seattle police and the FBI went to CHOP, and for the most part, everyone ran away like rats, which, what a shock. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, bunch of cowards. Only 30 people were actually arrested. Unlike the mayor, I thought the place should have been ripped apart the second someone died, which was like two weeks ago. So far, two dead, two died with two injured in shootings. Shootings that involved roving gangs of CHOP, quote, law enforcement, end quote. <sighs> but it continues. The leftists just keep going. Now, New York idiots are trying to start their own CHOP commune in front of Bill de Blasio's workplace, the New York City City Hall. So, what is reasonable? What is a reasonable response for handling lawlessness like this? Cut the police? Of course, that's the way to solve the problem, because the only way to get rid of criminals is to cut the police departments. New York City has agreed to cut one billion dollars in the budget for the NYPD for next year. This will cut new police recruits for being. Uh, able to be hired. It will cut plainclothes police force altogether and it will cut overtime for pol existing policemen. You know what that means? Less cops on the streets, 
That's what it means. Don't forget that New York already had a no-bail policy, so people who did get caught for committing crimes now don't have to spend any time in jail. Los Angeles is going to cut $100 million out of their budget for the police department because Los Angeles doesn't have any issues like drugs, crime, and homelessness. Oh, wait, yeah, they do. But they're going to increase police measures for you going to the beach this weekend? Interesting. Virginia has decided to lower charges when it comes to violence against police. What? So if I go beat up a policeman, that's not assault on a police officer. It's a misdemeanor. That's what they voted for. It's not law. The police have been made into villains. And it is not because of what happened to George Floyd. Remember George Floyd? You probably don't. I barely remember him. I do. I saw the video multiple times. It was a disgusting video. This is about taking over our system by leftists who are Marxists. That's what this is about. This is about making the capitalist government that we have had for 250 some odd years look evil. What a perfect segue in today's into today's podcast. So I'm waiting for Trump to show up in uh, Idaho. Uh, he's waiting there. The police have completely uh, controlled this area, which is awesome. Uh, Idahoans, if that's what you call them, they are 100% pro-Trump. They're ready to go. They don't believe in blowing up the bloody... Mount Rushmore. So, but right now, let's talk about the destruction of law and order. Okay, here's something. The purpose of the government, whether it be local, state, or federal government, is made up of only two parts. Two parts. Protect the people. Provide a civil outlet for monetary and social injustice. It's not, no more than that. And I think even what I just said was as far as civil and moral injustice is probably not exactly correct. Social injustice. But let's go with it. For the federal government, this means that protecting the people from foreign attacks and resolving interstate commerce issues. That's it. Nothing more. The federal government has expanded through misguided laws and the courts, specifically the Supreme Court. All this is probably something we need to talk about in another podcast. But that's it. They do not deal with intrastate commerce or protecting state citizens from internal threats. That's it. State governments are meant to protect citizens and resolve commerce conflicts within the state. That's it. Nothing more. Some state governments have expanded their roles through the courts. Again, this is a topic for another podcast. They do not answer to the federal government and should not deal and 
oppress local governments. Local government could be defined as a county, a city, a town, which would be a principality. They are responsible for protecting the people and resolving conflicts in commerce within the county, city, town, and principality. What does that mean? What that means is if I'm parked illegally in front of a business, that business has the right to sit back and say he's parked illegally in front of that business and therefore give him a ticket. That, that's it. Nothing more. Some local governments have expanded their roles, not as many, through the courts. Those cities that have expanded their roles, Los Angeles would be an example. San Francisco would be an example. Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Dallas, Houston. There are a bunch of them. They do not, but they are not supposed to answer to the federal government. They are not supposed to answer to the state government. They are only to answer from, answer to the people. The people have the most responsibility, and that makes sense if you read the Constitution, understand the Constitution. If you don't understand the Constitution, read the Federalist Papers, it explains the Constitution. We, as the people, have the responsibility to live by a moral purpose. We are to be the best people we can be based on nature's laws. Nature's laws are based on the Torah and the Bible. Do not, we do not murder or steal or swindle. We are here to be as successful as our capacity will allow while following those natural laws and the laws of our society. And by capacity, I mean we're not all going to be rich. This is one of the things the left always push, pushes. The left always pushes that we are all meant to be rich and living in happiness. That's not the case in the Constitution. There is capacity. There are people that are going to be only digging ditches for the rest of their lives. But if that's their capacity, that's what they should do. And they may not be rich. Their outcome may not be equal to, let's say, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. But that's what they do. And they do that because they're following moral capacity. They're not there to steal from someone who is making others, making money. We are responsible for using reason to innovate. Now, here's the thing. Reason's a big thing. Reason and moral capacity actually merge together. Greece was filled with reason. They had no moral capacity. Israel, the Catholic Church, were filled with moral purpose. I'm sorry, I said moral capacity, but moral purpose. But they had no reason, and they couldn't figure it out. The reality is we need to live with the reason that was defined by Plato, Aristotle, 
Aristotle, and the person that actually combined reason with moral purpose, St. Thomas Aquinas. Innovation that will we need to innovate that will improve the life of the individual, the lives of society. We are to combine. The iPhone is an example of that. We are to combine our reason with moral purpose. Mostly the religious laws that the founders saw to be natural laws. I think that's one of the things. You have this separation of church and state. And the reality is, the founders saw that there were natural laws. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to um, join together, freedom to protect your uh, rights. That's the Second Amendment. And then there's a bunch of others. 13th and 14th Amendment. The freedom to for blacks to be free. They Blacks should be free. Um, uh, no slavery. Uh, 14th Amendment. The blacks should be able to vote. Those are natural laws. And blacks are people. Which is what the founders actually thought back then. If we the people follow this, follow the actual basis for our, uh, from our constitution, society will become stronger. As free citizens, we have one more responsibility, protect ourselves from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And domestic enemies really means our own government. It says it in the Second Amendment. And I don't understand why people are having a hard time understanding the Second Amendment. Here it is, quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So here's the thing. We have a social contract with this country. We will live following the rules and lead productive lives. If we do not do this, we will be poor or we will be put in jail. The government will solve our commercial conflicts and protect us. If we do not, if they do not, excuse me, we will get our guns, form a militia, and replace the government. I'm going to talk about that in a few more minutes. Here's the question. Exactly who is fulfilling their side of the contract right now? looking at what is happening in today's life. Think about that. Yeah, of course I'm going to answer it, but think about it. So you've got to be asking yourself, why did I point out that stuff from above? All governments, including state and local governments, have only three responsibilities. One responsibility I didn't even bring up. Protect us settle commercial disputes, and leave us alone. That's their law. That's it. That's all they have to do. And it's all in the Constitution, which is, by the way, based on the uh, question from the uh, legalization test, that is one of the things they say. Is that what's the supreme law of the land? The Constitution. The Federalist Papers tell us this too. They say that 
it's all about the people. It has nothing to do with the government. Very selfless documents. And if the government fails to protect us or our freedoms, we have the right, defined by the Second Amendment, by the way, which I just read to you, that we can take it upon ourselves to protect ourselves. We can protect our families. We can protect our property. I'll give it a step further. The Second Amendment demands it. Our country is failing us. In the last podcast, we talked about how the left wants to tear down the system. The left exclaims that the police and the military are evil and should be thrown out. Then the left has the audacity to tell us that we do not have the moral capacity to break out of our break out our guns and protect all that we have worked hard and dear for. You can imagine what would happen if there was a if there was a poor woman who was stuck in a situation where there are rioters, violent rioters, and she called for the government for help. And she didn't get help. Oh, we don't have to imagine it. Here it is. On tape. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're gesturing and they're blocking. Um, the city has sanctioned their protest, so we just have officers that can only monitor it. They can't do anything about it, but we recommend that they you... Can't, they're blocking. Get out. Yeah, they're, <laughs> allowed to do that. they're allowed to do that per city hall, so we suggest that you um, report this to city hall and make a complaint there, and that way they can do something about it, because right now they told our officers that we can't do anything about it. How do I get out of here? I, I can't go backwards. Yeah, I can't. Um, unless you're hurt or something or getting in an accident, our officers can't intervene and move. I can't sit here all night, ma'am. You cannot do I have a little girl in the car. You can't do you that. You just have to slowly get through the protest. I can't. Okay, am I going to get arrested when I keep going? Because they're gesturing at my as car. As long as you don't hit any really people, right. like, people they're, they're on my car, right? They're on my car right now. But we would suggest you slowly drive through the area. Don't hit anyone with your vehicle. I can't. I cannot get out of here, okay? You have to be patient, but I'll, I'll let the officers know, okay? Are you serious? The city told us that we can't do anything, ma'am. The city told us that this is a sanctioned event. That they're blocking, they're blocking part people getting through that gets out. Yes, ma'am. The city's allowed that. We can't do anything about that. The police can't. Unbelievable. We're all very well, frustrated about that. Get out of my car. You know this is gonna get dangerous. I got a kid here. Yes, ma'am. We would suggest that you call up city hall to let them know about your frustrations because we're all very frustrated. This is terrifying, and I'll let you in on something. I started cussing, and I had to cut it out. And I started this whole thing over again. This is a woman who is in her car with her toddler daughter when a group of these, quote, nonviolent protesters, end quote, blocked her path. Then they started attacking her car. I don't know 
what happened in the end. I don't know if the people she ran over died. I don't care. This is the start of civil war. Where were the police? They were told to stand down during these, quote, peaceful, end quote, protests. These thugs are running around, tearing down statues of people they don't even know anything about. And the police are just watching them. Or not there at all. Why? They're told to stand down by government officials. St. John's Church in Washington, D.C. was set on fire. This is a church that every president in the United States visited. Where are the police? The Washington, D.C. mayor, a Democrat, told the police to stand down. CHOP, or CHAZ, or whatever they call themselves, had four shootings that left two people dead, including a 19-year-old kid who had disabilities. One shooting was by a 16-year-old critically injuring a 14-year-old. Where were the police? They were told to stand down by the Seattle mayor, Jenny Durkin. Contrary to what the left's belief system is, most normal Americans do not want statues torn down. They don't want churches burned, and they don't want people assaulted or killed. This is anarchy that we're seeing right now, and it's supported by the left. This is communism that we're seeing right now. This stuff did happen in communist countries. Lenin burned Russian historical sites to erase the Tsars out of memory. This is happening in this country right now. In fact, any tyrannical regime, not necessarily communist, look at ISIS. They've been destroying Christian artifacts for all through the Obama administration. People are not going to tolerate this garbage in this country. And people are already beginning to respond to it. So, how evil are the police? If the police are really evil, there's got to be some evidence, right? There's always been stress between the police and the black community. Heck, there has been stress between the police and the left. They have been The police have been vilified by the left. Anything they do is questioned. Anything they do deserves a prison sentence for the cop that did it. Anyone... Any arrested person is a victim. Crimes are not crimes. With the advent of the camera phone and social media, everything they do is seen and spread around the internet. Whether it is good or it is bad. Here's the thing. The police do a very hard job. A job that is dirty and is not always pleasant. And at times, it can be very violent and very hard to watch. Even the episodes of Cops, which we all watched growing up, was cleaned up for television. 
But this reaction that all cops are racist just doesn't float according to the statistics. According to a database compiled by the Washington Post, which isn't exactly a conservative outlet, in 2019 there were 375 million confrontations involving the police. Only a fraction of those led the police to using their guns. And by fraction I mean about a percent. Or a shooting of a suspect. Much less a shooting of a suspect. The total number of unarmed black people that were shot in 2019 was nine. That's right. Only nine unarmed black people were shot by police. Out of 375 million confrontations within the United States of America. This does not exactly sound like cops are hunting black people. By the way, there were 19 unarmed white people killed. There are a total of 1,004 deaths by cop in 2019. That means 0.0003% of police confrontations actually led to the death by shooting or anything else by police. That's not a lot. As a matter of fact, it's statistically irrelevant. Of all the deaths, 37% were white, 24% were black, and 16% were Hispanic. And the rest were either undetermined or statistically irrelevant. Now, blacks being shot by police is higher than their population. Blacks make up a little over 15% of the population. So, 20, uh, 24% of blacks is about 9% over. It's a little higher than normal. And it's going up. But it's not extreme. Not to mention the poverty rate made up of single-family homes and education capacity. And the poverty rate is also a lot higher within the black culture, which means there's going to be more crime. Which means if you commit a crime, you're going to get arrested. If you get arrested and you do something, you may get shot. That's not racist. That's just facts. But one statistic that we do not ever see in many confrontations between police and blacks are actually because crime was committed. We do not know how many of those confrontations were initiated by a call to the police versus the police stumbling on a black person. We don't know. Of all the people that actually were shot did they commit a crime? Yeah, here's a newsflash. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we talk about the more the more egregious, supposedly, police abuses. All this also applies to our justice system, by the way, which Black Lives Matter thinks is racist. Again, racist. And you know what I think about racist. I said this before. Um, racism was a term you only used for like extremes 
when I was called a racist 30 years, 40 years ago, it hurt my feelings because I'm not a racist. Now it's being thrown out there just because I don't believe in what you're saying. So I don't care about racist. The justice system is not racist. How many by race are in jail or prison because they actually committed a crime? That's not talked about. That's not researched. I would bet it's about 99.9% are in prison or in jail because they actually committed a crime. I have to assume that there are some innocents in jail and prison, so maybe 99.9 is high. Let's go to 99.8%. If the case is that someone committed a crime, what difference does race make? They committed a crime. They're in jail and prison for a reason. It doesn't matter what their race is. If you have more blacks committing crime, is that really a thing? Or is it you've got how many prisoners do you have in prison? Criminal is criminal. Crimes are crime. It doesn't matter who commits them. Doesn't Their race doesn't matter. But no one talks about that. The left ignores statistics. Facts just don't jive with the narrative. Especially the narrative today. They just roll out the same old cases and point them out for proof of racism. They like to point them out too. They constantly do. So let's talk about some of those uh, crimes, some of those injustices. All this stuff is based on what I've heard in the last month or so. Okay, so let's talk about the blacks who were killed and that proves police racism. Trayvon Martin, who, by the way, wasn't shot by a white cop, but a Hispanic civilian. Because he assaulted that Hispanic civilian is proof of police racism. Michael Brown, who was unarmed, he was unarmed, but he committed a strong armed robbery 15 minutes before he assaulted and injured a police officer who shot him. Don't shoot, hands up, that crap that you hear from Black Lives Matter. Yeah, not a thing. That didn't happen. Black witnesses said that. Okay, Breonna Taylor. She was killed by a botched police raid. A botched police raid. People are being investigated. People are going to go to jail for that, and they should. She had nothing to do with why the raid happened. George Floyd. He was murdered by a policeman, period. End of story. I'm sorry, you stick your knee in someone's neck for eight minutes, you're committing a murder. Did he commit a crime? Yes. Was he a good guy? I think so, from what I've seen. Was he always innocent and sweet? Not at all. Philando Castile, shot by an officer because he had a gun he did not listen to the officer's orders about reaching for the gun, and he was shot. Was this an overreaction by the police? Was this murder? Probably. I saw the video. It looked like the cop got scared, got spooked, and shot him. Was it a crime by the police officer or a sign of racism? Not at all. Tamir Rice... He was shot. 
he was a 12-year-old, shot by two police officers because they were called about some kid waving a gun in a park. The police showed up. The, the gun that he had was a toy gun that had was modified so that the little red thing in the gun at the barrel was gone. He refused police orders and he shot him. They shot him. Eric Gardner <coughs> was selling loose cigarettes, <coughs> which is illegal in New York. Because in New York, it's $20 to buy a pack of cigarettes. Resisted arrest and citation, was put in a chokehold and died of a heart attack. And by the way, Eric Gardner was out of shape. He weighed about 400 pounds. And he was about six foot four, six foot five. Big guy. He died of a heart attack. Freddie Gray died of a broken neck while in police custody. Four officers were charged. Two of the officers were black. All were released for no particular reason. The cops, the city ended up paying a few million dollars because the cops did not seatbelt him correctly. Richard Brooks, shot by police after resisting and pointing a policeman's taser at him after he disarmed the policeman's taser, was also on probation for... Abusing kids? No, I'm sorry. Not necessarily abusing kids. I don't know the whole case. But for... Abusing kids. I, I don't know how else to put it. Beating his wife. Kidnapping. All this stuff. He was shot when he wrestled two police officers to the ground. Beat the crap out of him. Stole a taser from a policeman and then shot it at the policeman in which the policeman pulled his gun and killed him. Do you notice something when you hear these cases? These cases have nothing to do with each other. There is no commonalities in these cases. Some people, in the case of Floyd and Taylor, were completely unjustified. They died because of police malfeasance or because the police were completely unawares. Some were actually killed, actually committing crimes at the time. Brown, Brooks, Gray, and Gardner. Finally, others, like Castile or Rice, were actually quite understandable accidents. You have a gun? Tell the cop you have a gun. Listen to his things because he's worried that you're going to kill him. Also, these deaths did not occur in the same year, but over a span of several years. I know everyone wants to say that this country has become racist because Trump was nominated, but most of these crimes happened during the Obama administration. It's not like the left can point to 20 or 30 cases a year or can point to how white supremacy has grown in the last three years. It hasn't. There also 
They also ignore the fact that Brown, Floyd, Rice, Garner, Gray, and Brooks were all committing crimes. And they all had a criminal history. They forget that. They want you to ignore that. To me, it does not seem like the facts justify all this noise that the left is creating. So, what is the left doing right now? Overreacting. Let's talk about that, because that is a thing. Overreacting is a, a bad word, because I don't think it has anything to do with overreacting. I think it has to do with actually pushing a narrative. With the death of George Floyd, which was completely unjustified, and the officers should be fired, and they should spend time in prison, the left has taken the opportunity to get rid of the police and let anarchy take the streets. Anarchy taking the streets means that our government systems don't work. When the protests turned into riots, the mayors and governors decided to tell police to stand down. Our government failed. And by the way, are those governments that failed were led by leftists. This led to violent riots that destroyed hundreds of businesses and private property, injured hundreds of civilians and police, and led to the deaths of civilians and police. The media has decided to ignore this and proclaim that the riots were, quote, peaceful protests, end quote. One reporter actually had the ganas to say this while a building was burning behind him. The cowardly mayors allowed the blocks of destruction and the surrendering of two police precincts in two different cities to be overtaken by rioters. With no police, there's going to be anarchy. And most of the problems occurred in leftist cities, like I said. So let me give you an example of those leftist cities. Los Angeles, Chicago, Minneapolis, Atlanta, New York City, Seattle, Portland, Washington, D.C., Dallas, Houston, and Baltimore, and that just names a few. Of course, it was not crappy policies that were creating the riots, because that would really explain a lot. It was the bastardized police. Black Lives Matter, which isn't a Marxist organization, and Antifa, which is an anarchist organization, were never blamed for the violence, and they were actually celebrated by these leftists. Both organizations admitted, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, that the only way to change the system, the only way to fix anything, is to destroy the system. They were seen as groups representing, by the leftist media, as victims of the police. So what did the leftists, what did the leftists do to claim the violence and crime? What did these mayors do to end it? They eliminated cash bail, allowed lawless, lawlessness, to, including 
tearing down of statues, burning of buildings, looting and murdering without actually arresting someone. They abandoned two police precincts. They allowed the formation of Chaz, which led to the shooting deaths of two people. They forbid the police of responding to calls and right and involving rioters. I'm sorry, peaceful protesters. This is what our government did to protect us. This is what our government did to end the violence. And it's just getting worse. New York City has decided to cut 1.5 billion from the police force. Los Angeles has decided to cut 150 million from the police force. The Minneapolis City Council has voted to completely defund the police department. Virginia has a law that would lessen the crime for assaulting a police officer, so it'd be a misdemeanor instead of felony. Many cities have banned chokeholds, tasers, and tear gas. I guess the police are supposed to use their guns, their bully sticks, and foul language to stop people from rioting. Congress wants to ban qualified immunity so that a cop can get sued for anything or any accusation. And by the way, this is something really important because what qualified immunity does is it makes it that the police officer, even if he did do something wrong, doesn't have to actually go out there. He'll lose his job and he may be prosecuted criminally, but he doesn't have to lose his livelihood, his salary, his savings, his house, his family, by having to defend things, defend lawsuits. And I had an argument with a Twitter guy who believed cops were gun-toting, trigger-happy racists. So you know I wasn't going to win that argument, so I just stopped talking to him. It, it's... Why, if I arrest someone who's a criminal, he decides to sue me because he doesn't think the arrest was right, do I have to spend money to defend myself? Prove that I did something wrong, then we can go into uh, uh, we can go into lawsuits. Qualified immunity is going to kill our police department. Finally, the left wants domestic disturbances drug and mental health calls to be handled by, not by police, but by unarmed social workers. Oh, that's awesome. Let's see how that works out. Here's the reality. There are two goals here by the left. Get rid of the police or make it that no one wants to be a police officer. Unfortunately, this philosophy is picking up steam and it seems to be mainstream. It's hard to believe right now, looking at the way things are now, being a Christian straight man that works hard and loves his country is now part of the counterculture. That I am in the same ranks as a hippie. But you know something? It looks like I am. Ben Shapiro had a great podcast that talked about this. And I think he pretty much hit it on the head. Okay, I've gone way over right now, and I'm going to stop at this point. Uh, I, I'm going to actually do a second podcast, probably going to talk a little bit about uh, Donald Trump's speech at the uh, Mount Rushmore. But we're going to continue this because there's still quite a bit to talk about.
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on uh, Apple, Pod- Apple Podcast, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. You can visit my website where you will see the essay at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can listen to the audio. You can uh, look at all of my statistics because I actually do have links to them. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>